What is going on? This is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you here on a Saturday evening, a rare Saturday night record. Brandon Marcus, your host, host joined by my co-host, Matt Matta Warren, back on the Ethos Clippers podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend? Sports, Ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus. How the heck are you? You're right. It's Saturday night. I'm feeling great. 20 years ago, what was I doing on a Saturday night as it approaches 8 p.m. in Los Angeles? I was probably talking about Clippers basketball, so nothing has changed. I'm feeling great. I'm glad. I'm glad nothing has changed. And listen, I'm glad that it's uh, a win that we're about to discuss as the Clippers did not make it easy, but ended up beating the Pistons in another matinee delight. Uh, We'll get to that game. We'll touch on the game against the Pelicans in which the Clippers lost. Um, We'll also touch on the trade deadline. But before we get there, I want to make sure that we thank our friends over at the Believe Network. Glad to be partnered with them. Of course, if you're able to drop a five-star rating, review the podcast as well. As we continue to grow, it always does help to try and get more listeners. Uh, before we get into any actual basketball, Matt, tomorrow's Super Bowl Sunday, buddy. What are the plans and uh, who you got to win? So big plans. I grew up as a San Francisco 49ers fan. It's where my dad is from. Mm. Um, so a little bit of a backstory growing up here in LA, I was indoctrinated and I was brainwashed to be a San Francisco fan as far as baseball and football is concerned. They could, he couldn't steer me away from, from LA basketball. I went right to the Clippers. That was, that was me, but the giants, the 49ers, that was where like, and you know, God love him. God bless him. I know he's up there watching tomorrow and having a, a good old time tap dancing that the uh, 49ers are in the Super Bowl. But I was, I was raised to be a 49ers fan, so I am rooting for them. I hope they win. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, number 15. I mean, gosh darn it, he's so great. The plan is to go to a place called Baby List in Los Angeles to get my wife and myself my, and my baby registry together. That appointment's at 1245. I think I can make it home by about 3 to see the first commercial and just sit on my butt completely by myself, a couple of modelos, and that's the way it's going to go. I was going to say, is Babylist a new bar or something that for uh, for expecting dads, they all go and have a, a couple last drinks before your your days <laughs> get taken away there? <laughs> if, if they're offering, I might take them up on I might take them up on it. But it's really more just uh, getting a stroller, a car seat. And then uh, I may need a stroller to get me out of here, depending on if the 49ers win or lose. I might take it that seriously. You what are your plans? Um, I'm going to a friend's house who's having a Super Bowl party. I've been there the last several years, so I'm looking forward to doing that. I actually don't have a, uh, a dog in the fight here, so I'm just rooting for a good game. Um, I would be surprised if the Chiefs lost, given how good Mahomes is, and it seems like whenever people want to pick against him, like they did this year during the playoff run, they're like, oh, he can't win on the road. He, all he's done is win during uh, – he's won at, won at home. And the only road games he's won are Super Bowl games, and then he goes and wins a couple on the road. So it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. But I'm just rooting for a good game, man. I, I hope it's a good one. And uh, for your sake, I hope the 49ers win for you. I think that would be great. And it's been a, a long time coming here. They've gotten close there, and so we'll see if they're able to pull it out. Any uh, Any conspiracy theory? Uh, leanings one way or the other with the uh, the Swifties and the 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 potential Kelsey proposal and you know whatever whatever else I don't want to go into the politics of it all but any conspiracy theory uh, leanings your there, way or no? There's no chance that he proposes. They have not been together that long. Where he proposes that would be bonkers. But listen, 
Everyone can rest easy as we record this podcast at 7.20 p.m. Pacific Time. Apparently, my wife has told me that Taylor Swift has made it to Vegas. So everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. She'll be there. Everyone's worried about if she's going to make it in time. Not only did she make it in time, but she made it like 20 hours early. So everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. And there we go. Everyone enjoy the football game. Um, All right. Thank goodness. Big exhale. Let's talk basketball. So let's touch on the trade deadline first because we came on this podcast before the trade deadline and we went into a deep conversation about how no move really needed to be made. And we said if there was a move, we would come and record a podcast on Friday. Well, no podcast, obviously, on Friday because no moves were made. A small, tiny, tiny, minuscule move was made where apparently cash was traded for a prospect that we'll probably never see. Uh, But you and I discussed at length about how we didn't think the Clippers needed to make a move. And the more important reason why was because this Clippers team has developed a bunch of chemistry and you didn't want to take anybody out of the rotation. Like Amir Coffey, was he going to lose the minutes? And then you saw today how important he was in the game. And then who's going to, I mean, where are you going to get that big man? Where is he going to play? Is he going to play instead of Plumlee, instead of Tice? I mean, sure, you can make it work. But at the same time, like, are you going to trade your last valuable piece in that first round pick that is near the end of this decade? Like, probably not unless it was a very, very, very valuable piece, given that the fact the Clippers will not have another draft pick to trade because it's going to be frozen because they're going to be over that second apron. So really, this is your last valuable piece. And then people were talking about, okay, do you trade Bones Highland for maybe a couple of picks? That apparently didn't materialize. And then everyone was thinking, oh, well, just trade away P.J. Tucker. He doesn't want to be here. Let's trade him and let's get something back. Well, listen, nobody wants P.J. Tucker. And if you want P.J. Tucker, they probably want him on a buyout. They don't want him to go and opt in to the last year of his contract next year. So it really made sense for the Clippers to stay in pat. I'm glad they did. You go look at a team like Dallas that traded a first-round pick for P.J. Washington. I don't think that's something you should have done for the Clippers, given that's your last valuable asset. And who knows how many minutes P.J. Washington would have actually seen with this team. So I'm happy. How about you? I'm happy. And... You know, I mean, Dallas was in was in a strange situation because they had to get rid of Grant Williams. That that didn't work whatsoever, and so they they had already given up so much, um, and they just gave away more to get PJ and Gafford. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was a little nervous about those trades. Just uh, as a, a, a looking looking forward to the playoffs if the Clips were to meet the Mavericks, but yeah, that it's in a distant future. And you say nobody wants PJ Tucker, and you're right because he has that player option, but. I'll tell you one guy that wants PJ Tucker, and that's our very, very brutally injured friend Norman Powell. Norm, get well soon. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but I don't think he's going to play till after the All Star break. But he he uh, he had an interview um, in the locker room saying that PJ could be actually helpful as an enforcer, as a tough guy out there. So th- as much as the Clippers fans and the coaching staff and whoever may not may not want him there. I mean, at least Norm, and I, 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 have to ha- I have to imagine some of the other players think that he may be useful down the road. I don't think so. But long story short, probably better they did nothing. I mean, like, what what were they really going to do? I know Ralph Lawler floated it out there that, you know, Bobby Portis would have been great on the, uh, on the clips. I don't, I don't really know how that would have materialized. Yeah. I don't um, think Milwaukee would have traded him. That would have made, so that, that way Milwaukee would have had absolutely no depth whatsoever as opposed to no depth whatsoever. I mean, uh, you know, in a, 
as an abstract thought in a vacuum, sure. Yeah, Bobby Portis, I guess, would have been a nice trade, but that was never going to happen. I think the Clippers did well to stand Pat. And you saw today, and we'll move into the Pistons game in, in a moment, Yeah. but you saw today when they went small, they had this option. So so let's say you do bring in another big, like, what does that really do for you? I mean, Tice was a DNP CD today. So, uh, there, you know, like we said, it would have been around the margins. Not not really necessary, so not making a move, and especially not giving up that, that draft pick. I mean, forget about that. We, we said uh in the last episode that that was a no-go anyway so they did the right thing by doing nothing yeah and by the way kobe brown is still out of the rotation he was a guy that was in that nine-man rotation is now out of it and you you bring up a good point um with the small lineup is that okay so what are you going to do you're going to put in pj washington instead of russell westbrook well go look at the impact russ had in this game where the clippers once again had no juice whatsoever and this is a typical Russell Westbrook game. When you need energy, he gives it to you. And he had a monster three to end the first half. And it may seem minuscule, but the Clippers were down by 12. And that was a big-time three that cut it to single digits. And the Clippers kind of chipped away, chipped away, chipped away in that third quarter. And then they blew Detroit out of the water in the fourth quarter and still end up, ended up only winning by six. But Westbrook was great with 13 points on two of four from three. And you look at his plus-minus, plus 10. Look at Norm Powell, plus 10. Amir Coffey played 26 minutes, plus 5. Like, where are those minutes going? So I think this game actually was a good example of why maybe you don't make that trade. Listen, I understand that when the playoffs come, you and I discussed this, maybe Westbrook doesn't have it and you'll want to have that guy. But I just think it's too tough to continue to chop, 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 whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? Chop and change? Chomp and chain. What what what's that phrase? Wow, I sound like an absolute idiot right now. You know what I mean. Basically, you can't just continue to change up your lineups and try and think they're gonna have some chemistry. So you bring in a guy and then it's gonna take some time to adjust. So I'm glad nothing was done. And and if you do chomp and change, you can only you, the one argument that I will make, and you could probably say is that how many moves okay, the Clippers made that that move that you said about the uh some cash for whoever, but significant moves the clippers made zero moves yeah and that's precisely as many offensive rebounds as they had today mm. so if you were going to make an argument for bringing in a big if you wanted to chomp and change that lineup and bring in a big that's maybe something you could say but the small ball lineup despite these zero offensive rebounds i think they said it was the first time in the franchise's 50 some odd year history beat in buffalo beat in san diego mm. beat here in la the first time they've ever had zero offensive rebounds. I mean, that's kind of crazy for four quarters to go with zero offensive rebounds. So you may be able to make an argument about bringing in another big in that regard. But like you just said, who loses the minutes? It can't be Coffee. He was he's just too important at this point. It can't be Westbrook. You know, and when Norm got hurt, Westbrook came in and it was, you know, an immediate burst of energy once again. So yeah, what what exactly do you expect the Clippers to do? Good pivot with the offensive rebounds. Let's go ahead and let's touch on tonight's or this afternoon's game. Another matinee affair. Before we get into the game itself, I got to tell you, man, I'm getting really exhausted of having to deal with this every single 12, 1230, 1 o'clock game. You and I touched on and how it's always against an East Coast team. And so it really seems like the East Coast team has the advantage in this time slot. But then again, they've been on the West Coast, so they have to adjust as well. I'm getting so sick of the Clippers continuing to play down to these opponents in these early start times. Like, I get it. It messes with your schedule. But can we stop having this happen every single afternoon game? Thank God it's not going to happen as much when they move to the Intuit Dome. But come on, man. Like, 
this is a team that we have shown that we've seen this year that they come out and they win games in various different ways and they show energy when they need to. But this whole playing down to the opponent thing seems like it still tends to happen from time to time, and especially in these afternoon games. I'm exhausted with it. Are you? I'm 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 incredibly exhausted. And to add on to it, you know, it's the dog days right before the All Star break. Yeah. And I I got news for you. If somebody said to me, you can either come to work at twelve thirty and leave by about three three thirty, or you can go to work at seven p.m. <laughs> and leave by like ten ten thirty. I'm taking twelve thirty every day of the week. Come that's, on, guys, you got the rest of the day ahead of you. Let's let's get some energy. Let's go. That's such an amazing point. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. I go to I go to work at six six thirty. I'm done by three. You know how much better that is than having to go to work at nine or ten o'clock and sit in traffic on the way there, and then sit in a ton of traffic on the way back and get home at nine o'clock p.m. Like this is it's so much better. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, come on, get it together, Clips. I'm sick of this. Um, all right, so let's talk about the game. The first half was a disaster. Down by nine at the half. Thank God it was only single digits because of that three pointer. Harden was horrendous in the first half. He was one of five. I think he played at just about 10 minutes in that second quarter. He was 0 for 2. Both shots were three-pointers, and he had three turnovers. And then the one thing I've noticed also is that Terrence Mann, man, when he's not giving you anything at all defensively, like it really hurts to have him sometimes because he's giving you nothing defensively. And then his offense sometimes has just been so bad recently where all of a sudden, Zoo is not a huge floor spacer. He had a pretty off game as well because he couldn't rebound the ba- basketball worth, you know what. So you're really relying on PG, Kawhi, and Harden. So one thing I've noticed that I really want to keep an eye on going forward is Terrence Mann and what that means for the Clippers rotations because Mann has been outstanding for the large part of the season, but he's going through a little bit of a slump here where he, I don't think he's had a block in like eight, nine straight games. And I don't think he's had a steal in like five or six, five or six straight games. So He's not giving you much defensively, not giving you much offensively. Um, and then zero from Norm in that first half as well. So it really could not have been any worse. Awful turnovers. Rebounding was pathetic. It was 11 nothing in the offensive glass in the first half, and that allowed for the Pistons to have 13 more shots. So after you went up 12-2 to to start the game, you thought, oh, this is going to be a blowout. But not the case. That first half was an utter disaster. So let's touch on that first. Your thoughts there. I'm so glad you brought up Team Man because – it, 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 I was looking at, at the box score today, and I, I was watching the game. I didn't get to see all of it, but I did watch the Pelicans game, and it was sort of like cut and paste where mm-hmm. you were right. The, the defense wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great, and the offense was pretty much non-existent. I mean, you know, he did, he did get in a little bit of foul trouble versus the Pellies, and we'll get into that game later. But today, this afternoon against, against the Pistons, yeah, it just – you know, he was – 0-3 from the field. He he did hit his free throws, and the free throws, by the way, we'll bring up. That's a big reason that the Clippers won this game. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, we can't. It's not, it's not as if we're going to give up on T Man because the starting lineup, and we know the record since since he moved in instead of Westbrook. But it it's, it's like something something is off. Like he's just. I mean, he's in a slump. Maybe it is the dog days. Maybe he just needs to get get some rest to get the All Star break going. Whatever the case may be, but. Like it is, be, being the starting, being in the starting five of a ch- of a team that has now legitimate championship aspirations, performances like this, yes, they they can and will happen. But if it's for any elongated period period of time, then that's going to be trouble. So it's something to really, really, really keep an eye on. Zoo, yeah, Zoo couldn't get it, couldn't get it going. I mean, 
we all know that Dern is just, I mean, what, what do you have tonight? 18 rebounds. I think he had like 22 in his previous game. I mean, he, Dern is a beast. There is no denying that. But Sue couldn't really get it going. Harden turned it on um, in the second half, as did as did the rest of the guys. You know, you what, what we really have to, and it, it's, it's the tale of two halves, you're right. But thank goodness for Paul George, because if it wasn't for, for him, and then obviously Steady Eddie Kawhi, but Paul George really got his mojo back tonight. And that's really, him and, and Westbrook and, and obviously Kawhi really saved the clips. But the team man stuff is something to really keep an eye on because, you know, he got 24 minutes tonight. Coffee got 27. Mm-hmm. And it's 25 to 21 with Coffee. And I'm not saying they're going to do whatever, like switch that. But it's just, just it's something that, that, we're, that we are watching. As we need team man to sort of, you know, he started off the year with like zero confidence, like wouldn't shoot the ball. And and then he got all the confidence in the world, and we just hope that's not like zapped. Now let's maybe maybe the All Star break is something he desperately needs. Yeah, that's possible. And it's just the reason why I bring it up is because if he is contributing with steals and blocks, and also if he's slowing down the best player on the other team so that PG Kawhi can save their energy to defend in the second half, then fine. But I mean, Cade Cunningham and Jay Nivey went nuts in this game, and so it's not like. Team Man was doing a whole lot to slow down the guards for Detroit. And if he's not contributing like that, then yeah, then you go to a guy like Amir Coffee. And what a blessing it is to have someone like him that is this little bit of a Swiss Army knife and provides that three-point shooting and that confidence and can also defend. So we'll talk about that uh, Coffee in a little bit more. Let's take a quick break and we'll continue on with this ball game. All right, so... I mean, we are, we're in agreement here that we're certainly keeping an eye now on Terrence Mann and his impact because they really are a different team when he's contributing a little bit offensively. You know, when he's getting the ball at the free throw line and he's kicking it out to a shooter or he's attacking the hoop or they're kicking it out to team man because he's wide open and he's contributing. Like there were games, remember when we were talking about his three-point shooting and how he was over 50% for like five or six straight games? Like that's kind of slowed down a little bit. And listen, it's a small sample size. But once again, we've talked in this podcast that we're doing two podcasts a week. So we're going to come on and we're going to talk about things that have happened in the last couple of days. And this is something that just caught our eye. And there's only two more games until the All-Star break um, against Minnesota and Golden State. So just something we're kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, But I brought up Amir Coffey, so let's go there. And what he has contributed to this team has really been invaluable. And we talked about it earlier with the trade deadline stuff and whose minutes would probably get taken away. It would probably be Amir Coffey's. And he has earned the right to be in this rotation. And not only is he providing three-point shooting, which he did today with a couple of triples, he also is 4 of 4 from the free throw line. You mentioned the free throw shooting, 25 of 26 from the stripe. Outstanding free throw shooting performance by the Clippers. But also, we just mentioned, are you contributing with steals and blocks? And Amir Coffey had a steal and a block. And so he was pretty solid defensively as well. And Amir just continues to get it done and be someone the Clippers can go to with confidence in a game where they need offense and they need someone to be that glue guy. So it, it was another good game for Amir Coffey. Yeah, you want to, we we brought this up and and you mentioned this that his confidence or his his confidence is high and just but his readiness to play like just to come in and fit in seamlessly and it's 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 been unreal the way that he's been able just to uh, ass, not only like assimilate with with the Harden uh when when he came in and, and the new starting lineup but 
to have his minutes just go up and up and up and up and up. And now he's consistently in the, in the, I'd say mid twenties. And, and he's, he's not just an offensive guy, right? Like you, you mentioned he, he can hit a three, but he does contribute on the defensive end as well. He's, he's long. He, he just fits this Clippers profile and this, this certain team perfectly. And you're right. It is a blessing to have him. I don't think that we'll see Norm for the next couple of games. Uh, going into the All Star break with the whack that he took in the he- in the head, so I, I imagine Coffee's going to get even more run, which I'm totally fine with. And I would hate for somebody, you know, like I don't know that pajamas to- or pajamas Washington, excuse me, was actually a, a legitimate threat to come to the Clippers. But let's say like some of the buyout guys, right? Like let's say like Gallo or like Thad Young. You know, let's say the Clippers were to try to bring one of those guys in. Does that come at the expense of Amir Coffee and? I don't think I would take a Gallo or a Thad over coffee at this point. Do you? Huh. Probably oh. not. Oh, no, uh, no, no. no. The, nope. I, know, I know we're on a sports ethos uh, podcast here, and Dan Bespris is probably listening. I'm sorry. I know Thaditude, but I'm, I, I, I will say I think coffee is more valuable to the Clippers at this yeah. point. I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, I think so. And the reason why is because I think Amir Coffee can do something that both guys cannot do. Um, and that's play offense and defense. I think that I don't think Gallo's a defender that Amir Coffey would be, um, despite Gallo being a better three-point shooter, probably. Um, although Coffey's been really good this season, so who knows if that would be the case. And then Thad Young, I mean, he's he's a guy that can certainly help your small ball lineup, um, but he's not a guy that you can rely on to score. And his, his defense is fine, yeah. I mean, he's a good defender. Uh, I just think that Coffey's a guy that fits your your team, and he's – kind of been there for so long now one of the longest tenure clippers that he just gets it and he works with tyloo's system and you'd have to bring somebody in that would have to get the system and work with everybody and know how to play with the guys off the bench like russell westbrook and norm powell um, and mason Plumley. and i mean mere coffee's gone to that point so it'll be interesting to see um what happens if norm does miss a couple games uh, who comes in the rotation because we've seen brandon boston jr get some minutes recently so is it him? Because um, I would assume it's not going to be Bones Highland because he's kind of seen his way out of the rotation. P.J. Tucker, does Tucker get minutes now? And we've seen how disastrous it's been when he's been the four alongside of five. So does he get minutes? Uh, certainly going to be interesting who gets minutes now. I think I would lean towards Brandon Boston Jr., but I'm not sure, man. If you lose Norm Powell, that's a really big weapon off the bench. Like He wasn't good today. Like He only had a couple of points. Um but I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm curious who comes in the rotation. Who do you think will? I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to be PJ the Enforcer Tucker, as as Norm might put it. I would I would actually I would lean BBJ. I think Brandon Boston. Uh, would it be Brandon? Yeah, I think I think it would be Brandon Boston. Would probably get those minutes, or you just see sort of an eight man rotation with Coffee Westbrook Plumlee coming off the bench, and then the five starters, right? Like maybe 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 they just run it. That way, these there's only two games until the All Star break, and I yeah. I can't see anyway. Did you see the Norm injury or? So I saw a video. Not? I saw a video of it like three or four times, and I couldn't really see what happened. Like it it seemed like the angle was really tough to just to see what I saw. Like the pool of blood on the on the floor, but like I couldn't really tell like how bad it was. I mean, right, exactly. So I saw. I mean, I'm sure I saw the same thing you saw, where he he got whacked in the face pretty good, yeah. and then of course there was the pool of blood. But as as Brian Seaman was saying. Like the way that he was writhing in pain on the floor was, I think, the most telling thing that, I mean, 
it really affected him, no matter what it looked like, the pool of blood. He was uncomfortable. I know after the game, he said that he was fine, but what what else is Norm going to say? You he's know? a warrior, though, man. So, he, he plays through injuries, he so he's a warrior. It's possible that we see him next game, especially since it's a big one against Minnesota. He could be in concussion protocol, though, so if he yeah. is, then there's no chance. Yeah, yeah, I think so, that as of now, he was okay, but that, yeah, that's a good point, that he has mentioned that as of now, he has not been in there, but he might enter it tomorrow. Who knows? But if he is out, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a, a shorter rotation, or you know, who didn't play tonight was Daniel Tice. You just kind of put him in there, and you run big against Minnesota, and then, you know, uh, and then against uh, the Warriors... I guess you. I guess you would run small, but Tice Tice could fit in stretching the floor against. I just. I, I mean, probably Tice just goes in and plays, and that's it. That's an interesting one because we saw Chicago this week actually start Andre Drummond and Vooch together, and because of the Gobert Towns combo. So I do wonder um, because they obviously have Nazarene also. What the Clippers decide to do if they do play Tice because Tice has played as a power forward before. Does Tice and do Tice and Plumlee play together? I doubt it. I don't know. Um, I think you bring up a really good point that there's only two games left to the all-star break. And so this is one of those, Hey, just play heavy minutes and you'll get a breather and you'll have a week worth of a, of a breather. So just go and play hard. The Clippers need to win this game against Minnesota and we'll see what happens from there. But I think a short bench makes sense, but I can also see Brandon Boston jr. And I can also see the Tice thing, but I think it's more unlikely than the other two options. I can't. I can't wait to check back in and and see what happens. Yeah. Um. Do you do you think that uh, Tyloo should just go full uh, Twin Towers and say, T man, you haven't been shooting that well. We're actually going to start Plumley and Zoo. Oh, no way. There's no, no way he does not. that. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I w- it will be interesting though because that means that you're probably gonna have to put Kawhi on Carl Anthony Towns, which isn't a matchup I'm sure that you love. Um, so that will, that will oh. be interesting to see how that works. I don't know. I think, I think you could get away with putting Paul George on towns. I mean, hmm. if you look at them, they're like kind of almost the same height or they're, they're you know, at least like lengthwise or when they're standing next to each other, it looks like it. I think you could get away with putting George on, uh, towns and Kawhi on Edwards. Oh no, maybe man. Oh, can man handle Edwards though? Edwards is pretty strong. I mean, that would be interesting to see. That's what you'd hope you'd have. I mean, you hope, hope man would kind of take that pressure off. So the Clippers played Minnesota earlier already, um, and that was a one hundred nine one hundred five ball game. The Clippers lost that one, um, and in that one, Edwards went nuts. He had thirty three points. Gobert had eighteen rebounds, and Daniel Tice though was the center. So it does change things a little bit. Norm Powell was great off the bench. He had 24 points in that game. And Tice only played 22 minutes. The Clippers went small in that game because Powell played 30, Westbrook played 29. And you look at Tice played 22 and Plumlee played 16. So there were were certainly some small minutes there that went the Clippers' way. Um, The Clippers outscored Minnesota by nine in the fourth quarter. And Minnesota's had a really tough time closing ball games. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers go to that small ball lineup. Because remember, the Clippers ate Gobert alive when he was on Utah when they went to that small ball lineup. So I'll be interested to see what happens and how they're able to defend Cat and uh, if they're able to make Gobert kind of go away from the basket. Because if you take him away from the basket, it kind of neutralizes anything he can do in the painted area. And that's why they've been so good defensively. It'll It'll be a really interesting game to watch. 
I just got like goosebumps thinking about how you said, because you're right, they ate Gobert alive. And they didn't have Harden at that time. So imagine how much how much fun that's going to be. Oh, boy, I can't wait. That's actually, I, I'm really looking. I, I do hope they go small ball now. I yeah. want to see what Harden and the guys do again. That's going to be really fun. And, and by the way, in that game against Minnesota, Paul George was horrendous. He was 5 of 19, 4 of 13 from 3. And Harden wasn't good. 4 of 14, 2 of 9 from 3. So those two guys were not good. And yet the Clippers still only lost by 4, and they didn't have Zoo either. So there's certainly um, a chance for the Clippers to win this ball game. And I think that's the game also that zoo was scratched the last second. Um, Mm -hmm. So it, that obviously changed things as well. And that's not how they, I'm sure they planned on coming into that game. So I think now that you have more time to plan, you obviously have basically two full days now because you played that Saturday matinee game. You have all Sunday and then you play it late at night on, on Monday nights, seven o'clock game then maybe the Clippers are um, with a little bit of rest and with a full idea of how they're actually going to play could take advantage. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. So we a little bit of a Timberwolves preview there um, mixed in. Um, what else stood out from you for you from the Clipper game? Let's, t- t- let's talk PG because you brought him up earlier. Oh, exactly. Um, he was great, obviously, in the fourth quarter. And the, I mean, the third quarter when the Clippers need buckets, he was a dude that really got it done. And what's fascinating to me, and we can kind of splice in the Pels game here, is that PG was terrible in that game. I mean, he started 0 of 9, 0 for 6 from 3 in the first half. The Clippers were down by 8 because it was just really Harden and Powell and a little bit of Kawhi spliced into the Pels. But PG was terrible. And then you were starting to think again, oh no, here we go again, where these deep slumps for PG, he was 3 of 15 total for that game and the Clippers lost by 9. And he was 14 of 24 today, 4 of 13 from 3. He couldn't really get a ton of threes to go down. But he got buckets when the Clippers needed them, and he continues to be that guy that is a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, he's not. like He always ends up really coming through for the most part, but he's also frustrating because you don't want to see him go through these long stretches where he'll go 0 for 9 from the field. Like Be that guy like Kawhi that shoots better, but that's just not really who he is. So a good game from Paul George, though. And he scored 33 points, and that wasn't the 30 number that I was concerned about 36 minutes that's that's where my eye instinctively went because we know that Paul was dealing with that that groin issue and you know he who did, who did he sit a game or you know so it's like yeah. is he and and, is he, and we all saw and we in the Clippers community we knew in the fantasy community we really knew that his his minutes were getting a little dwindled down like he wasn't playing as much as usual so to see him play 36 minutes look good like like you said the he got four of three, and by the way, he had some huge, huge threes. Two of those, two of those four were humongous down the stretch. So let's not discount those threes because those, some of those, really, really sealed the deal here. But those thirty-six minutes and him looking good, and I think he gave his jersey to to Duren, uh, Jalen Duren after the game, if I'm not mistaken. Which is, I mean, I guess they're buddies. I don't know. There's, maybe it's a college thing. I have no idea. But. He was great, and just to see him play that many minutes, look good, and he didn't look like he was laboring. Um, not that he, not that he looked like that before. Although he looked a little off, he wasn't playing as many minutes. So, thirty-six minutes in a big win, playing down the stretch and hitting huge shots down the stretch, three steals to boot. Paul George's performance really stood out to me. I mean, game ball, PG. Here you go. Yeah, and he listen, he didn't score a ton in that third quarter. He had five points, but 
he really got the Clippers offense going a little bit in that third quarter when it had been stagnant. So he got five early points. And then when you mentioned the fourth quarter and his two big three pointers, I mean, it was a seven point game and PG hit a three with four Oh five left. And then he had another three right afterwards, back to back triples to make it a 13 point game. And they needed him because all of a sudden Detroit came back late. Thanks to Cade Cunningham. Um, but a couple of really big shots when the Clippers needed him. And he came through. And so the shooting was obviously high volume. And you mentioned the minutes. And what's interesting is that he was asked, or Ty Lue was asked yesterday, if he's going to play. So the fact that that was even a question mark, and then he comes in and plays 36 minutes, like you said, it's a really good sign. He was able to put up those minutes. And hopefully that means a little bit behind him. And he should be okay going forward. But yeah, a really good game for him. And a game that the Clippers really needed because James Harden was not good. Um, another game in which his, his volume wasn't great um, and his efficiency wasn't good. I mean, 4 of 11 from the field. I mean, he contributed in other ways, getting rebounds and assists. I mean, another game where he get eight or more assists. But his, his shooting wasn't very good, and Kawhi uncharacteristically shot under 50%. And so someone needed to come through, and normally it's Norm Powell um, and uh, Russell Westbrook off the bench and those guys. But PG was great. And so you and I have talked about, well, usually it's – two stars are usually pretty solid or at the very minimum, it's Norm Powell plus one of the stars, but Norm Powell didn't shoot very well. Kawhi didn't shoot very well and Harden didn't shoot very well. And yet the Clippers were still able to get the win against a pesky Detroit team. So give credit to Paul George. Cause he, the Clippers needed him in this ball game. I'm not sure if they win without him. I don't think they do. And I don't think they win without the aforementioned free throws, which the only one that was missed was like, at down the stretch, like uh, intentional foul. Yeah, Westbrook on Westbrook, the game. and he missed one. Mm-hmm. So they were they were nearly perfect from the line. Now to the Pistons' credit, they were perfect too, but they only took seven. Uh, but speaking of minutes, and we'll, we'll expand a little bit outside of the uh, Clipper verse here, just because you were talking about how Cade Cunningham was getting anything he wanted down the stretch, but Jaden Ivey was mm-hmm. lights out too, and he has been recently. Just just a, a quick aside, what was Monty Williams thinking? Like limiting his limiting his minutes and not starting him for like half of the season. Like what what exactly was going on there? That's a whole another story, man. I mean, they were starting Killian Hayes recently, and then they ended up releasing him. Like that organization truly has no idea what it's doing. And the fact that they're still putting up a fight against the Clippers, like credit to the guys on that team because Monty Williams, most overpaid head coach in NBA history, and then. For these guys, like the front office doing what they're doing, I mean, they got rid of uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, and they got rid of Alec Burks, and they didn't really get a whole lot in return. And so it's really just Cunningham, Ivy, and Durant. Like, if you're a Pistons fan, those are three guys that you can kind of get excited about. And Asar Thompson's pretty solid, too. I mean, Fontecchio is a dude that um, didn't get a ton of volume in Utah. Like, he had a couple games where he would put up 10 or more shots, but because of Sexton, and you look at guys like Markinen and Clarkson, and Collins, like he was really down in the pecking order um, in that starting lineup. And even when the bench guys came in, but man, I mean, there, there's some good youth players there, but they've really just messed things up. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, It's unbelievable. It's unfathomable. I can't imagine being a fan though. You're right. You do have to be excited about Cunningham, Ivy, Duran and Thompson, but you forgot the other the other member of the starting lineup, the moose himself, <laughs> the man, the, the myth, the legend, legend. Yes. <laughs> Mike Muscala got 10 minutes of action. Yeah. Ca- I love it. A casual minus nine for him in just 10 minutes. So 
Good job by you, Mike Muscala. He was not very good. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got some weird dudes off the bench. Like, Shake Milton, they obviously just traded for. James Wiseman, who continues to be a nothing burger. Um, imagine if they had um, if they had not messed up that pick, that being the Warriors, and drafted uh, LaMelo Ball instead. I mean, it's... Yeah, the Pistons are a mess. and But the fa- crazy thing is, like, they still put up fights here and there. Like, the fact they put up a fight here against the Clippers, they beat OKC earlier this year. Like, it's the NBA, man. Any given night, something can happen. And so... Thank goodness for Paul George. Thank goodness for Amir Coffey. Russell Westbrook, we mentioned earlier, continues to provide spark when the Clippers need it. And Kawhi is Kawhi. Just didn't shoot very well, but he still was very solid nonetheless. So good game. Um, good game. Now, we'll see what Zoo can do against Minnesota. Because Zoo hasn't been great since coming back. Um, and he's going to be needed against Gobert in that Minnesota game. So a quick look at that game that's coming up on Monday. What do you expect to see in that game? Because I think the Clippers small ball can certainly cause some problems. And with the way the Clippers rebounded today, I'm a little bit concerned going into that game. And I think that's got to be your main emphasis is rebounding. Because if you allow second chance points to Edwards and Towns, then you're going to be in some trouble. So that, that rebounding is certainly the number one thing I think that you have to be looking at now. Second chance, second chance points, excuse me. It's what it's going to be all about. Like we said, zero offensive rebounds. For the Clippers tonight. Okay. So maybe you don't need to get 10, 8, 7 offensive rebounds. You should get a couple. But you also can't give up 14 offensive rebounds, which is what the Pistons got tonight. 14. And they don't have. I, I, we, you know, we, we, we're singing Duran's uh, praises. And, of course, they have the legend Mike Muscala. But they it's not like they have Gobert and Towns, these two uh, gargantuans down there. So rebounding is going to be key. Zoo's going to have to get in there. He's going to have to get down and dirty on both ends of the floor. People are going to have to hustle. I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Westbrook play a, a large role in this game just because of his energy and rebounding prowess. Rebounds are going to be the story in this game. Yes, I know three-point three shooting is going to be a big deal as well, but you just look at the length uh, beyond the big guys, beyond Towns and Gobert, you look at the McDaniels, the Edwards, uh, the Slomos of the world. the 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 Wolves are going to get after it, so yeah. they're going to have to clean up the glass. Oh, and I should tell you, Brandon, I will be uh, in, atten- in attendance at that game. Oh boy, in attendance, that'll be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to hearing your uh, your take on how the Clippers looked. In that ball game. Um, one quick thing, by the way, that I didn't mention. Uh, we didn't really touch a whole lot on the Pelicans game, and obviously it's several uh, several mm. days back. But you and I talked about how I, I really felt that you either win the last game of that seven game road trip, or you take that first game back. Like it was either one or the other. If you win both, that'd be amazing. But I really only expected to win one of the two. And the Pelicans have played the Clippers well, and we mentioned how bad Paul George played in that ball game. So it's one of those games that uh, I'm not really worrying too much considering PG was 3 of 15, 0 for 8 from 3. Kawhi was only 4 of 10 in that ball game. So I'm not worrying too much. But it's just one of those things where you really don't want to face New Orleans, I don't think, in the playoffs. Because it really seems like the Pelicans are a bad matchup for the Clippers. Always a bad matchup. I'm surprised Valanciunas went 0 of 0 from 3. Otherwise, the Clippers probably would have lost by 40. <laughs> but but one thing you have to remember about this Pelicans game, and, and you're right, that it essentially was the eighth game of the road trip. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's two days after after they play Atlanta. 
they're flying they're still flying back to a different city doesn't matter that it's their home they still have to come to another city and then play this game so consider it an eight game road trip and consider them going six and two if you think about it that way not so bad but to your pelicans point yeah i don't want to see him in the playoffs i mean you know zion's line doesn't look that impressive if you just look at the box score with 21 points 10 assists is kind of crazy but what he was doing in that fourth quarter i mean the Clippers would score, and then just Zion would score. So, I mean, the Clippers wouldn't score. Zion would score. Zion did everything he wa- everything and anything he wanted to do. Getting to the getting to the hoop. It didn't matter who they put on him, what the Clips tried to do. It was re- it was really bad. Um, McCollum McCollum played really well too, but it does seem like yeah, you're right. It does seem like the Pelicans play really well against the Clippers for some reason. And I think we talked about this too when earlier in the season. They're they're just so long and they're so athletic that they just they give the Clippers fits for whatever reason. It's just a bad matchup. So, and and, and like I said, God forbid Valanciunas starts hitting threes because then it's over. Yeah, and it is worth noting the Clippers once again had a really poor first quarter, and just like today, where after going off to a twelve to do start, the Clippers really fell apart. So it, it, I think that against Minnesota, as we try and connect the dots here, I think a good start against Minnesota is going to be really important. Um, apart from obviously rebounding the basketball, I think the Clippers need to get off to a good start because they didn't do so against the Pelicans. They didn't do so against the Pistons. So that's another thing I'm keeping, keeping my on, eye on. I think the Clippers need to get off to a good first quarter and really set the tone and, and really deliver that first punch to the Timberwolves. I think that'll be really important. Uh, actually, that's a great point. Get off to a good start, but also, also have consistency yeah. maybe throughout the game. I'm looking at this Hawks game, right? So... In the first quarter, the Clippers the Clippers did come out great. They beat the Hawks 37-28 in the first quarter, but then lost 38-29 in the second, and then it was kind of a, a race down the stretch. So not very much consistency. You look at the Pelicans game, it was a flip-flop again with the first and second quarter, and you look at the Pistons game, a flip-flop again, but not not with the, uh, with the first and second, but with the second and fourth. The point being is that it's, it's um, we always talk about well, of course, the Clippers always talk about giving their quarter, and they also give some of the worst promotional T-shirts of all times, in my experience. But we also talk about just playing consistently and playing all four quarters and taking the entire game seriously or just that consistency. And I think that's something that they're going to need to have against a team like the Timberwolves, not just the first quarter, because you can't have a letdown then in the second because then what does it matter? So play consistently consistently throughout excuse me that's that's what i want to see yeah we'll see if that happens um the clippers obviously play monday against minnesota and then they'll be at golden state to wrap things up on wednesday so we'll either have a podcast for you on tuesday um, or thursday or we'll do tuesday and thursday we'll see how things go Um, but of course you can always remember you can subscribe follow us on itunes um, rate and review the podcast Whatever you can do to help the podcast grow always does help. Matt is at Matt Mattawarren on X slash Twitter. I am at BD Marcus, the Ethos Clippers Twitter handle is there as well. Um, just looking forward to this final couple of games and then a nice little break. It'll be nice to have some time off, Matt, and then we'll get back into it for the second half of the season where the Clippers will try and fight for that number one or number two seed. Right now they're half a game back in Minnesota, so that game on Monday is absolutely monstrous and we'll see how the clippers come out any final words so i will be there on monday and i'll let you all in on a little secret tuesday is my birthday 
And I don't. I wouldn't really see a better present than uh, recording a pod and talking about clips. I'm Let, just gonna say that right now. Let's get a W for Matt and Matt of Warren. And on that note, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. And go clips. Go clips. <laughs> <laughs>